faithwire.com. China's communist government is reportedly rewriting the Bible, and what they're changing in there will make your head spin. Today is Thursday, February 17th, 2022. I am Dan Andros, and this is the 4 and 3 podcast. We're glad you're here. We're here every day, Monday through Friday, going through the news of the day from a Christian perspective, and we would love to have you join us. Go ahead and subscribe, leave a rating, all that other fun stuff. And, um, uh, you know, get along for the ride. And with me today, as always, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's FaithWire.com with a look at what's coming up on today's podcast. What's going on, guys? Well, you know, we're basically, we got one foot into the weekend. Yeah. It's Friday Junior. Friday Junior. Yes. If nothing also, else, I keep saying it, guys, but I just I want the audience to understand. If nothing else, this podcast is great for just getting you through the week. Just from a perspective standpoint, right? Like we we've got you thinking the right way that you're almost there. Even on Monday, it really feels like you're just almost at the weekend right on Monday. That's that's how amazing this podcast is for that. If if you want to live your best life, this is the podcast (laughs) you want to do with. This is it. If you want to make it through the news without your head exploding, um, this is also podcast for you there. Yeah. Anyway, And I want to ask Billy, how was your ski trip yesterday? Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> if by ski trip you mean a thousand and one interviews, that yeah, was great. Yeah, it was yeah. wonderful. That's our for the audience. This is our now has become our phrase for whenever one of us can't make the podcast and the other two are holding down the fort. They've gone skiing, so it's my fault because I yeah, went skiing because Trey actually went skiing for Christmas. So, yes, yeah. so now that'll just be it'll be, it'll be July and somebody will be out and you'll if you're wondering why we're saying they went skiing. That's why. So you'll you'll be in on it. You'll yes. be in on that little lingo. So, all right, enough inside baseball. What do we got uh, coming up on the podcast <laughs> today, guys? So uh, Discovery Plus just released the trailer for a brand new docuseries on Hillsong. It's called Hillsong, a mega church exposed. So we'll get into the details mm. of what that's going to cover. Very dramatic. Yeah. Um, and we are also <laughs> going to be talking about ex-porn star Joshua Broom. We've discussed him on the show, but he did a really amazing uh, podcast discussion with his wife about their story and his past, and it, it's it's pretty cool. All right. We'll look forward to those. We are going to start right here in stories number one. And China's communist government, they are rewriting the Bible, and they call Jesus a sinner. And uh, it's quite amazing stuff. And if you want to read the full story, head on over to faithwire.com. Just look, scroll down a couple stories down and you'll see Billy's story there on it. And this is something that the, you know, communist regime there in China, they've been on a mission to do this now for a couple of years. And uh, Billy, you spoke to Todd Nettleton and he's from Voice of the Martyrs Radio. And, you know, they kind of are a watchdog on the persecution front around the globe and they they also do a lot of cool ministry things, helping spread the gospel into you know highly persecuted uh, areas. But he said that this is a project that um, the, the communists have been doing, and they've announced since uh, right around 2019. And at the time, they said it'd be about a 10-year process to release a new translation of the Bible. And um, really, this new translation just would support the communist party. Um, and so, you know, they're trying to quote. This is according to them keep pace with the times, end quote. And the revisions will include, quote, include, quote, core socialist values and removing passages that do not reflect communist beliefs. Bill, you've got this one in the article here when the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery before them and challenged Jesus. 
And they said, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery and the law Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? These Jewish leaders were using this question as a trap to accuse Jesus. Still, Christ started writing on the ground with his finger and said, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw the stone at her. So, so that's how it reads in the actual Bible. But the Chinese Communist Party, though, their version is reportedly different. And, and in their government new version, the crowd disperses. But then the text states, when everyone went out, Jesus stoned the woman himself and said, I am also a sinner. <laughs> this is John 8, 7 to 11. So that's quite a difference in the language. And so, um, so this is what China has been doing. And they continue this, and this new socialist translation of the Bible uh, is just another step, according to Nettleton, for the Chinese Communist Party as they try to control the church and really co-op Christianity as a means of controlling people. And so you can pretty much bet that this is going to be the only legal, quote-unquote, Bible that will be available, the official Chinese government-approved Bible. We've read stories in the past, guys, from China... Uh, you know, the, the communist government in China persecuting Christians there and making Christians, like if they've got a picture of the cross on their wall, for example, they'll have to also put a picture of, you know, Xi on the wall and, uh, you know, President Xi and, and, and things like that that they are doing to try to control people. And so it's a, you, can, you can see where this is going and that they're going to make it very difficult to get an actual Bible um, in, in people's hands. They, they see Christianity and faith as a threat. We see what they're doing to Uyghurs. You know, they view that as a threat as well, and they round people up and try to re-educate them in these re-education camps. So, so why does this story matter, guys? Obviously, our brothers and sisters in Christ there in China are going through a lot, and just the fact that they can't even trust, well, is this the scripture that is the real scripture, or is this, you know... Um, one that's just been altered by the Chinese communist government. I mean, that's an obvious verse there, but who knows? Maybe the other ones won't be so easy to spot, the little tweaks um, that they make and things of that nature. So um, really, really disturbing stuff. As usual, coming out of China, oh, by the way, they're hosting the Olympic Games right now. Yeah, you know, we've, we've given them that legitimacy, right? Which yeah. is clearly not well-deserved. No. Um, and, you know, I, I think as you dive into this story and you look at what their goals are, right? I mean, obviously calling Jesus a sinner, why would you do that? Well, right. you would do it to try to dismantle the, you know, the mm -hmm. power structure there yeah. that Christianity has. And Todd talked a lot about that, as you noted, but I want to just highlight it because I think it's so important. You know, they don't want people waking up and saying, how do I serve Jesus today? They want you waking up and saying, how do I serve right. the Communist Party today? And that, uh, I can't think of a grander sin than taking the mm. Bible and <laughs> rewriting it. I mean, it's just yeah. it's so horrific. And you got to hope that these people are going to remember and they will, you know, wait, yeah. why was this changed? And and there will be other versions of the Bible that are smuggled in or brought in um, that hopefully people will have access to. But man, what a, what a criminal, yeah. a morally criminal story. That is. And I, before you head in there, Trey, I, I just wanted to point out, um, and I think Todd might've been the one that told me this, but I remember us writing a story, Trey, maybe a couple of years ago about some Christian missionaries there in China and they had to meet in an apartment complex secretly, you know, to have a Bible study. And when the people showed up, a lot of them didn't even have, they didn't have a Bible. And, you know, the, the, the leader, the Christian missionary was like, well, 
you know, let's get out our Bibles. And we don't have one. Oh, well, do you need one? Well, no. What are we reading? And they talked about, a, you know, a scripture they'd prepared and they memorized the whole thing. So, so <laughs> these people are memorizing, these Christians in China are memorizing large, large, entire books of the Bible so that nobody can ever take it away from them. amazing stuff happening there. Yeah. I mean, that is an incredible testament to their faith and their commitment to what they believe. And I wonder sometimes uh, in our comfortable bubbles and surely it's, it's, we've been blessed, but I wonder if it's not taking away from the seriousness of our faith sometimes, uh, because we don't, uh, we don't have to, certainly we have to rely on God because none of this would exist. We wouldn't exist. We wouldn't have salvation of course, without Jesus. So we absolutely 100% need him because we're nothing without him. But I think we allow the comforts of this world to trick us into thinking, well, we don't need the gospel or we don't need scripture for this because we can handle this. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll use scripture for other stuff or we'll rely on God. Or we'll go to him in prayer for other things. But, you know, we can handle this. Uh, I think there's, a, there's an impulse to do that when we've got so many things available to us at our fingertips. But it's all a lie, right? It's mm-hmm. misleading. Uh, we can't do anything without Christ. Um, you know, we need Christ and, and the Holy Spirit uh, every single day of our lives to get us through everything we go through in our lives. Um, so it's, it's incredible to see their faith lived out and it's a good reminder of that. Um, but two, it's, it's crazy hearing the story of the government there uh, allegedly trying to rewrite scripture because it's, um, it's almost in a way more nefarious kind of than, than a more traditional route of persecution because it's, it's the government trying to get you to believe that Jesus isn't worth the persecution that you might endure yeah. because he's, because he's not actually the savior. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it's incredible and I'm grateful for the missionaries, for the believers there in China who are meeting underground in churches and saying, look, this is the real scripture, memorize it because you might not have access to a physical copy of scripture, but memorize it so that you're not tricked uh, into believing that Jesus is anything less um, than the savior of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. So, all right, story number two. So Discovery Plus uh, streaming platform, they've just released a trailer for a three-part docuseries on Hillsong Church. Uh, and it's based on the trailer and, and the statements that Discovery Plus have released. Uh, it's not a flattering uh, docuseries. So it's it's chronicling the rise and then the ultimate fall uh, of its former uh, New York-based pastor, Carl Lentz. Uh, so it's called Hillsong, a megachurch exposed. And it centers on, at least in part, uh, Lentz's leadership style and the celebrity uh, fandom that kind of surrounded the Pentecostal church uh, that was originally founded in uh, Australia by Pastor Brian Houston, who's also entangled in his own controversies. He recently stepped down, I believe it was the beginning of this month, uh, he stepped, or beginning of last month, I should say, he stepped down uh, from his leadership role within the church following allegations that he knowingly concealed his father's alleged child sexual abuse. All of that is up in the air. It's a convoluted story. All the details are still kind of being worked out. Uh, but while that investigation is, is unfolding, he has stepped down uh, from his leadership role. So there's just a lot going on with Hillsong right now. So, but Lance, for his part, uh, he's been dealing with several issues on his own. Uh, he's known, you know, as, as a celebrity 
pastor, I say in quotes, or was known as a celebrity pastor, as a one-time spiritual mentor uh, to Justin Bieber. He baptized him in 2014, um, and he helmed Hillsong East Coast until he was fired uh, from his role at the megachurch after admitting in November of 2020 that he had engaged in an extramarital affair. Uh, He wrote at the time, this failure is on me and me alone, and I will take full responsibility for my actions. I now begin a journey of rebuilding trust with my wife, Laura, and my children and taking real time uh, to work on and heal my own life and seek out the help that I need. So according to Variety, the forthcoming series, which is premiering March 24th, it actually features interviews uh, with the woman uh, with whom Lentz had an affair Uh, It also will include commentary from Ben Kirby. He's known for his Preachers and Sneakers Instagram account and for being fairly critical of megachurch pastors and the quote-unquote celebrity uh, pastors that I was mentioning earlier. Uh, It's also going to have interviews with Hannah Frischberg. She's a New York Post reporter uh, who's written extensively about Hillsong and particularly about the Carl Lentz uh, saga. Um, What's interesting here is there are several characters in the cast, uh, or I shouldn't say characters because it's it's a documentary, but several people who are in the uh, in the documentary kind of suggests that Hillsong might actually be not a church, uh, but actually has some cult-like tendencies. So that's the allegation that's leveled against Hillsong and seems to be kind of the thrust of the documentary. This is, I'll read the statement that Discovery Plus uh, released to promote the the docuseries. They said, with more than 150,000 global members, Hillsong has recently been entangled in scandal. Hillsong and Megachurch Exposed will profile numerous ex-members of the church who have come forward to share harrowing allegations of the trauma, abuse, financial, and labor exploitation that created a culture of chaos within the church. The series will also examine how Hillsong was able to grow into a global brand while uncovering the truth behind the headlines of recent scandals and shining a light on the fine line between culture, corporation, uh, and cult. And then Howard Lee, the president of TLC Streaming, uh, said that Hillsong Church is an incredibly compelling story we wanted to explore uh, and said that the docuseries will take viewers on, quote, an eye-opening journey that will provide new insights into a controversy that continues to be examined. Look, as far as why this matters, you know, Obviously, any network, uh, any mainstream outlet is going to have an angle. Uh, they're going to have a perspective that they're coming in with. Certainly, Lentz is not um, innocent here. Uh, and Brian Houston, like I said, he has his own stuff that he's dealing with, and that story is still uh, kind of unfolding. But as far as why it matters, like th- these are real people. Uh, Laura, his wife, has has been through a lot. She's spoken out about uh, the trauma that she endured and how difficult it's been um, to to deal with the the blowback that comes from her husband, who's a very famous pastor, having an affair and dealing with the the aftermath of that, and still trying to hold her family together and 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 all of that. And she said that she's grown closer to God and and come to know. Uh, God's uh, abounding love for us in the midst of it. So there's that aspect for why it matters. But also I think, um, you know, it it just shines a light for me, guys, on uh, the responsibility that we have as believers um, to be responsible stewards of the leadership and the platforms and the influence that we have over others. Um, because 
it's ultimately a, reflect, a reflection of Christ and his church, right? Uh, this is the perspective that a lot of people will have, uh, not just of Hillsong, but of Christianity. Um, so we need to, to be wise stewards of, of what we have available to us uh, as leaders and, and as influencers. I'm not, we're not all of us are famous, but we all have influence, right, of our, our friends and our yeah. family. Uh, so we need to be good stewards of that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how this how this shakes out at this docu-series shakes out. You can watch the trailer. It's up on uh, stories up on faithwire.com. Yeah. And um, uh, I, I watched that trailer uh, in through the story there and uh, it is, it's not a good look. Right. And yeah. I think a lot of people had concerns about a celebrity based church and that's sort of what it right. was known for. They had, they were hipster. They had all that flash. It was a new way of doing things and look at all the crowds they're getting, but getting the crowds doesn't necessarily you know, mean that the church is actually solid. And look, obviously, pastors are human too. They're they're also, you know, prone to sin as well. But um, this is egregious. You know what he was doing, and and it seems like he really fell into that lifestyle. And then it was just it was beyond that. It just seemed like they didn't have the checks and balances in place. Um, you know, there's just. It's tough when people are around celebrity, they get very, you don't want to be the one it's, you know, it's not easy to be the one that's rocking the boat there, you know, right. with the guy who's bringing in Justin Bieber and Kevin Durant and, and who knows what other celebrities. So it's, uh, but where there's smoke, there's fire. And, you know, we were kind of commenting on the picture and the, that was in that trailer there of Lens, you know, walking with Justin Bieber and he's got just a bathing suit on and it looks like he's, it's almost off. And yeah. he's practically naked. And, you know, when, when the ma- megastar musician is next to you and he's looking modest with just a T-shirt more on. more clothed yeah, than you. <laughs> like he's just wearing a normal T-shirt and shorts, just a completely normal human being. And then you look like you're uh, naked. Uh, it's uh, It makes you wonder. It makes you wonder what's going on there. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, all these suspicions have been confirmed. And now the church gets marred because of it and it gives opportunities for this network to now do a documentary on you know yet another church that's you know failed well i considering that you are both believers i'm really (laughs) proud of you for being brave (laughs) and speaking up no no it's it's definitely also bringing to mind something we've talked about on the show and this is the importance in all of our churches and this is something i've thought about a lot over the last year you know, pastors are human beings too. And, and you need to have a good system in place for how to make sure that pastors are healthy, that they're able to bear the burden of a church. And I don't know all the details of what went on there, obviously. Um, but the reality is there should have been, as you said, Dan, checks and balances, a way for people to make sure they were there for the pastor, to help him, to, if there were struggles, address them before anything elevated. And again, that's not to take responsibility off of the pastor, but the point I'm making is that This is a stressful job. It's a difficult job. And I think a lot of us as parishioners, we just sort of walk around like somehow our pastor has superhuman powers and they're not going to struggle with things. And that it's just not reality. Um, But I also I, I struggle with these series because they feel very, you know, it's like, you know, you're kicking people when they're down yeah. a little bit, right. you know, and I don't know. I mean, is there a public interest in this? Yeah, I think we want to make sure these things don't happen again. But the motivation, I'm sure, it's for salacious. putting this out. I mean, right. do we need do we need to know the story behind why they fell? It's obvious why they fell. They got lured into fame and celebrity and sex right. and 
I mean, do we need to see all the details and go through it all to learn anything new from this? I probably not. I mean, it no. seems pretty no. obvious. Yeah. You know, what don't, was going don't on and what violate, happened. Right. Don't violate yeah. your vows to both ministry and right. your life. Right. Done. And like, put, yeah. put, be, I mean, this is, you know, you hate to say it, but this is like where the Billy Graham rule comes into play, right? Like, do you, you don't have to do that per se, but just common sense things. Like, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I attended the village church for a couple of years when I lived down in Texas. And, it was interesting because it's a big church. I'd, n- I'd never gone to a mega church before, and it was uncomfortable. I didn't really like the, me personally, I didn't like the feeling of a ginormous church. It felt very um, not personal, right? The church I'm at now, I think, has a couple, few hundred people, two, two, or two to four hundred, somewhere in that range. And so it feels more like I know everybody there, you know, that kind of a deal. Um, so, But it was interesting because, you know, Matt Chandler, who's very well known, was the pastor there. And you'd never see him really mingling with the people. And at first I was kind of put off by that. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like he's not interacting with everyone and, and saying hey to the congregation, the people that are coming. But then, you know, when you hear stories like this, um, I can kind of understand, okay, maybe he needs to keep his distance from from hearing all these people just, oh, great sermon and you were amazing and wonderful job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would think that would just tend to puff up your ego if you you were just sitting around hearing that all day and then maybe being, you know, he's, he's a handsome guy. Maybe he's being tempted by, maybe there's women coming. I don't know. But uh, so anyway, yeah. I think maybe that's more of a wise approach. If you're going to have a church that large, you know, and you're drawing people in, they're going to, you're going to have quote unquote fans. So you need to have safeguards against that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I just think that there, maybe this is a case against the, mega church uh, you know i don't i don't know mm-hmm. how you can avoid that from happening all, yeah. the, all the time there but yeah. uh, the point is is like if you are going to have a mega church churches grow and that's fantastic it's great that there are a lot of people interested in participating so i don't want to like quash that that's good but make sure you've got accountability structures in place don't get so puffed up and your your church or your pastor becomes so much of a celebrity that he's untouchable right that he's not uh, being held accountable for what he said you know what he uh, what he's saying, what he's doing, that he's just surrounded with yes people. We don't, you know, you you shouldn't have that. Um, So definitely make sure that if you are in a, in a bigger church, that you're transparent and that you have a group of elders or whatever your structure is, uh, who are holding your pastoral leaders accountable for their actions. Because like you said, Billy, they're human too. They're just as susceptible to sin and to struggle. Uh, So just come alongside them and help them because they need it just like everybody else. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, as always, I bring the positivity and I have a, not always, but today I have a positive story and it's actually another one of these stories, you know, while we're on this topic of making mistakes, you know, Josh Broom, who we've talked about on the show, he's an ex porn star um, and was actually one of the most, and I hate even using this word, but famous porn stars during his career. um, And just, it led to brokenness and pain and so many other struggles, but, you know, flashing forward, he's now a husband, he's a father, he's a pastor, and he shared his journey many times out of the adult film industry and how he later became a Christian and and what that means to him. But he did something really interesting this past week. He actually had his wife on his podcast and, you know, he hasn't really shared that part of his story, at least from her perspective before, you know, what was it like to sort of, you know, this is a woman who grew up in a Christian household who, you know, was a lifelong Christian who meets this guy who finds out about this shocking past and then moves past that and falls in love and gets married. It's a really interesting 
story of really not only redemption, but the ability to forgive another person of their past, right? Which seems strange, but it's something that a lot of people struggle with, right? Things that happened before you met that person. And in his case, it's things that happen that are on tape that are available on the internet all over the place still, even though he's moved away from that life. And so it was really interesting to hear them talk. And he said a few things that, that really stuck out during that conversation. He said, quote, hope met me where I was. She extended grace and God started radically moving in my life. It's because I gave my life to Jesus so early on in our relationship and we started growing together. And so they kind of started talking through what that faith walk was like. And, you know, he kind of asked her, you know, look, how did you, how did you move forward with me so boldly after I revealed to you, you know, they're like out on a walk after they met and he tells her I was a porn star. This is what I did, you know, before I worked in a gym, this is who I was. And, you know, she starts sort of talking through how it wasn't until last year and they've been married for years now. She was at an event and a student said to her, well, it must've been the Holy spirit. Right. And hope said, well, like I knew that in my heart, but it was really the first time that I heard somebody say it. And I like connected the dots and I was like, yeah, it was God's grace that allowed me to look past that. And to really kind of recognize, you know, if God can forgive Josh, why can't I? And so it's just a really cool look at a a difficult journey. One of the things they addressed um, in this interview was that, you know, people will sometimes, and this is just so cruel, but they'll send her images and videos and notes um, from his past, right? To just sort of like Mm -hmm. say, hey, look, you know, throw it in her face and strangers and trolls and bullies will do that. And she sort of talked about what that was like. And she's like, I can't say it doesn't bother you because it would bother anybody, but how she doesn't really have time for it, you know? And so, but it was just interesting to hear them navigate that because that is a reality for him, obviously. He's the person who now loves Jesus and is trying to move forward and help people beat porn addiction. And yet this past exists and people are still seeing it. And so there's so much in that in that interview. I'd encourage people to go watch it and to also, I'm sorry, listen to it, but also uh, read our story um, over on Faithwire where we kind of break down the most intriguing parts of that. Uh, and he, he said something else too, I just want to mention. He's like, look, I pray that God eradicates all of that stuff from the internet. Um, but even mm-hmm. if God doesn't, he said he's in control of how he reacts to it. And it was just, you know, in, in the why it matters category, such a good message about how we react when there are difficult things to contend with, that we are in control of our reaction, no matter what those struggles are. So anyway, it's, it's a great one. Check it out. Mm, yeah, it is. And uh, that is, I mean, you just think about how terrible people can be sending the, sending things around. Like why, what on earth would you be thinking when you do that other than just being in, you know, yeah, not his, a good person. His whole family, but yeah. not just her, other people too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, yeah. you know, the other thing I, that resonated with me with that uh, story, Billy, was when he was talking about how he's just hopeful that someday all this stuff will be scrubbed from the internet uh, that he was in, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then, but then he was resolved to say, well, and if it's not, then I, you know, I'll do what I can with it, you know, and um, I just think how you think about your all your worst mistakes you've ever made. <laughs> you know, as a, as a sinner in a fallen world and think, but if it was all of those mistakes were splashed on the internet for all time, how horrible that must be and, and how not fun that must be. And then on top of that, to have people then going and searching those things out and then out of spite, sending them to you and your family, your spouse and your kid. I mean, it's just, it just be praying for them. I mean, and people like him in that situation because 
you know, it's gotta be very difficult. Yeah. And it reminds me, um, Billy of, uh, Brittany De La Mora's story. She was also a former porn star. Uh, and you did an interview, Billy, with them not too long ago, where her husband, Richard, uh, said that he'll sometimes, uh, people will send him stuff uh, of hers from her um, from her previous life when she was still in pornography. I thought the most powerful thing was his response to that. He said that it just reminds me of God's grace in her life and the way that he's mm-hmm. radically transformed her because he said, I can look at that picture and I can say, that's not my wife because God has completely changed her and brought her out of that darkness uh, and into, into the light of her salvation. So it's just for him, he sees it as a really great reminder and maybe even a conversation starter with the person who sent it to him. So, um, you know, a lot of it is in perspective. You have to take what, um, you know, like scripture says, what, what the enemy meant for evil, God can use for good. Uh, And, and both, uh, Joshua Broom and Brittany De La Mora both have said that this was a, a dark time in my life, but they're seeing now the fruit uh, that God has, has has created in transforming their yeah. lives. And then, especially if it's friends sending it to them, I mean, wouldn't the first question be, so how did you find this? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, um, I was on Google and it just came up. I mean, come on. You know, what are, what are people doing here? So, <laughs> all right. Well, hey, that's all the time we have for this episode. And um, we will be back here tomorrow on actual Friday. Enjoy the rest <laughs> of your Friday, Junior. And uh, as we promised, we have now successfully gotten you one step closer to the weekend. You're welcome, America. You are welcome. So as always, head on over to faithwire.com, cbnnews.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Uh, and our YouTube page and all of our other social channels. So God bless. We'll see you back here tomorrow.